Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Richard Allen, who had a near-death experience due to an automobile accident, and today we're going to learn about it. Richard, thank you so much for being my guest today, and welcome. Ah, it's nice to be here, Jeff. Well, if you don't mind, let's just start on the day it happened and go from there. Okay, I'm sure. I remember quite well. Anyway, I was back in uh, senior in high school, actually, and I was a beautiful sunny day and I was in a great mood uh just left school driving back in my little sports car uh MG uh, those are popular back then so I was driving back and uh it's really funny because you always wonder sometimes how things unfold but uh I remember about mm, a mile and a half before the accident scene I got this really strange gut feeling you know uh about something not so great was going to happen and i thought well maybe i should pull over the side of the road but uh anyways like my hands were frozen on the wheel it's like no just keep driving and so that was strange i didn't think much of it except it was really weird it's like well something doesn't feel right uh, but i can't seem to let go of the wheel so i kept driving and sure enough, I got to this intersection that's on the main highway 101, which is along the Oregon coast. Um, and this uh, big old truck crossed the center line and smashed into my sports car. And um, in those days, we just had seat belts, didn't have a shoulder harness or airbags or any of that kind of stuff. But what happened was, as soon as the accident happened, it happened so quickly, it just had a, a flash of a second to barely register. Um, and then the next thing I knew, of course, uh, I felt this tremendous impact on my head and my upper body. And uh, it was just it was just like basically running into a brick wall, if I could use something to kind of describe it. Tremendous impact. And then I was just kind of... Uh, in a daze and then uh, a stupor. And I remember putting my hand up to my forehead and blood was flying everywhere and my forehead was all squishy. And and I realized at that moment, um, you know, I've, I've had some interesting things in life before that, but, uh, you know, like have gotten really sick kind of thing. But I realized at that very moment uh, that I was going to die. Not just, oh, I think I'm going to die. It, you know, it's like, no, you're going to die. You know, this is it. Uh, and so once I instantly, re this all happens actually in such probably a small space of time. But uh, so, you know, you're going to die. And instantly when I realized that, that I was going to die, I felt this like a hand on my shoulder. And uh, I couldn't see anything at that time. You know, I was still slumped back and blood was squirting everywhere. And this, this hand on my shoulder, you could feel it. And you could feel the presence of this uh, spirit, this being, this angel. I couldn't tell at that time. And he said, hey, Rich, we got you. It's not a big, these are the words. Of course, they probably say them to, to what you're thinking, you know, what, what your mind can absorb. But hey, Rich, uh, it's, it's nothing to worry about. We've got you. And uh, you've died thousands of times before, mm. was what, they, what, what I was told. So no problem. And uh, 
and at that, at that moment, there was a huge, huge sense of realization instantly that that's right. And so then you're just totally surrendered in the moment and just, you weren't worried. You know, you knew that uh, everything was the way it was supposed to be. Um, and so I was still in and out of it. Uh, I remember the uh, police officer came up and they kind of yanked me out of the car and I laid me down. I was bleeding and uh, all this kind of stuff. And I was basically in and out of consciousness. And, and, uh, and they took me to the hospital and I remember bits and pieces of that. And I got to the hospital and, uh, and I just bled out is what happened. They didn't have my blood type. They didn't have helicopters in, in those days to speak of like the life flight and all that kind of stuff. So I just lay there in the hospital and the doctors are, I can remember hearing the doctors say, oh, he's not going to make it. No. Mm. Uh, anyway. Uh, and so I just lost consciousness of the doctors talking and I was in this beautiful space. And I, and I was at that time that I was in that that beautiful mind space that all of a sudden I didn't I was just wasn't there anymore you know in the body uh, I was in this brilliant absolutely blinding white pure white I mean whiter than white and blinding and blinding light. Uh, I didn't go through any tunnel. I didn't see any relatives. I didn't do this or that. And uh, I was just in this tremendously blinding light. But it wasn't just light. It was, we describe it as love. It was the most unbelievable, overwhelming feeling of love that I've ever felt in my life. I mean, in any loving moments before that and after that, uh, you know, delivering my child and this kind of stuff every, every moment is beautiful but does not even compare to the intensity and the complete volume endless volume of love that was there it was you you know it was who we are it was our it was a level of consciousness that was just pure love flowing just flowing and and it was so intoxicating you know, it was like, this is, this is who we really are. This unbelievable love. I know and I probably repeat myself a lot and that's okay, but it, it, it was tremendous. And so I was, so to speak, I thought the light was so bright. It was going to burn my eyes out because, you know, I felt very much me and could, you know, could see parts of me. And so and then I, you know, realize it's, it's not blinding my eyes, you know, it's so bright, but I'm, it, it just flows through you. It's part of who you were, but yet I was separate, but I was part of it, but I was separate. And so I was just there for quite a, seemed like quite a while. And, um, and then all of a sudden I, I heard a couple of impressions, voices, just like we're talking here and kind of out of the whiteness came uh, eight beings, angels, I assume. Uh, I didn't know at the time. Uh, they didn't identify themselves as such. Uh, and they were also brilliant white, just a little off shade different. Uh, and so they kind of came out of the, the white light and, uh, and spoke to me like we're talking, but there was no lips moving. And they were a little bit blurry. It wasn't crystal clear as far as facial features. You could see definitely see the head and the eyes and and the body and the shoulders. And uh, but it wasn't a super clear as far as trying to make out exact features. But I, one thing I do know is uh, around their head and a little bit over the shoulders was a little. <laughs> This is this is this is what it was. It was a little tinge of gold, a little off-color white that was a white gold, just a little bit down around the head, a little across the shoulders. And so they spoke to me for uh, who knows how long. But so they uh, they said we want you to take a look at something. And uh, so I like watching you here. I, I watched my life, and. Uh, like watching a movie you know every little bit 
of course, who knows, like I said, there's no time. So I watched my entire life uh, from birth till my death. Um, and it was interesting, you know, it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of strange to watch your life. Uh, but it was like a movie. And so when I got done watching the life, uh, childhood and everything up to that point, uh, and then they, they asked me, they said, uh, well, what do you think? <laughs> I said, what do I think? Uh, it was good. It was interesting. And, you know, I did some bad things. I did some, you know, a lot of good things. I like people. Uh, and I said, we don't care what what your life was in that sense. We don't care. What matters is what you think. And so that was kind of reassuring in a way. It's like that, you know, they don't judge you. Uh, they just want you to review your life and then, and it's up to you what you think. So, so I, uh, I was there for a little while. And then that right after that, I had the thought, it started to hit me. I was like, uh, you know, my folks are going to be fretting about me. And uh, so I started thinking, I want to, I wonder if I can see them. So I kept looking around and, uh, trying to find the earth and I looked and I looked and I looked and I thought and I looked and I looked and I uh, couldn't find the earth I couldn't find anything just brilliant white light and then finally uh something started to come into view and it was dark uh not like night so much more like a marble that's uh, or more like something that's shrouded kind of in a fog a dark kind of fog, part of it, uh, and um, and then that, that was the earth, and um, it was kind of dark, and, and uh, maybe, I don't know why, maybe that's because it's a different density here, or something like that, but I focused in on the earth, and it was quite dark, and, uh, and I just kept thinking to myself, you know, they, they said that's the earth, but I, uh, I didn't come to the planet then. I didn't try to find my folks or, or something. I just realized, you know, that they would be missing me and, and uh, fretting about me kind of thing. And I felt sorry for that because I was in, they didn't realize I was in such a glorious place. Uh, the energy of that love is so powerful. And these loving beings who just love you you're just part of them and uh and they're part of you and so the separation doesn't exist at the same level that it exists here where i was so then i asked him i says now you know uh, i want to stay i mean because it was so beautiful and i wasn't seeing buildings or anything like that it was just the beauty of being in that white light was just that was home. That was the deepest home I could ever feel like. It's like, I'm where I, I mean, this is where, this is my home, you know? And, uh, and it was so wonderful. And so they said, no, you have a whole bunch of things to do yet. So you can't stay yet. But they said, don't worry, you'll be back. And we know right to what you would call the second when your time is up, when you're going to die, because in that sense, there's no time. So you're already dead. Uh, it just doesn't matter. Uh, it's, it, but you have a lot of things to do. And so he came back and naturally, uh, you know, we got into the fishing business and charter business and had a bunch of families to make sure everybody made a living and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, life is busy, but that actually, Jeff, uh, without any dramatic things that was my near-death experience and the next thing I knew is I woke up and uh, puking in the hospital you know with the head all bandaged up and the, the accident had peeled my uh, gone up here and peeled part of my skull uh, so you know that <laughs> It was kind of a letdown for a minute coming back. I mean, uh, I was relieved that my parents would understand that I was okay. 
you know, I was back. But uh, the doctors are so funny in the hospital because you came from this tremendous high of where you really, really felt to me like my home. It's just beautiful. And then, of course, you're back in the reality of an a aching, small little anchovy can, you know, there's stuff that you're, you're back in this little body again of flesh and bones. And, and it was like, oh, man. Uh, and the doctors, you know, they were so encouraging. There's before I woke up, I could hear them. And they were they were talking about, ah, you know, I don't know. I don't you know, he's got to have way too much brain damage and this and that. You know, this was such a downer because I knew, hey, they sent me back. It was going to be all right. You know, so that's that's actually my near death experience. So and uh, been busy ever since. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. I want to go back to the moment of right after your impact where you had this realization that, hmm, I guess I'm dead. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like it was more of a curiosity than fear or panicking. Is that true? Well, you know, it was uh, up to that moment because it all happened so fast. You know, I, I had that impact that that was tremendous. I mean, it was uh, I can't describe it, but you definitely can. I can remember the feel of it to this day, the intensity of that impact. And um, I squished it. You know, there was no collapsible steering wheels or anything. So you squished it down and poked your head out through the window and sucked it back in and you you have shoulders and everything. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is uh, when I realized that was, I didn't even realize that so much. I knew something terrible had happened, but when I did realize uh, the moment I put my hand up and realized how serious it was uh, uh, that I was going to die. I mean, you knew it wasn't like I, again, I like, I think I'm going to die. It's Mm -hmm. you knew you were going to die. They didn't tell you. uh, You just knew you were going to die. And, and then you kind of, I, I kind of, it wasn't so much a curiosity at the time. It was more of a slight moment of panic, mm. not really deep panic, but it was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. And a surprise would be the better word for it. I wasn't afraid of it, but wow. it was just surprise. And, th- and that's when they grabbed me and then everything was all right. It was like, hey, you know, we got you, Rich, you know, you <laughs> know, uh, so, you know, they, they know us well. Was it a male voice or female voice that told you that? Male voice. Male voice. Interesting. Do you have any indication if that was like your guardian angel since they knew you, you know, so well? I, no indication, but the closeness, it's like you're not separated from this this angel or, or entity. I mean, this being, uh, you know, they're with you all the time. So I'm guessing it was probably my guardian angel. We also have guides, you know, um, and we have allies and spirits. Uh, some of them spirits that to help us, some of them spirits that not so much helpful. Uh, you know, it, I believe, of course, in, in lifetimes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all, all of us have been many things in many lifetimes. And by our standards, not always squishy and good. Yeah, it's interesting that you start to talk about that because you, first of all, you mentioned, you know, you've done this a thousand times. Thousands. But you just said we have allies. And to me, that implies that we must also have enemies. Can you expand on that? Well, my my feeling on that, my glimpse is that uh, we, I've always, since I was a young kid, actually, I always, uh, saw the oneness of things you know the trees and the this and the that one day when i was about mm, eight years old or so i realized that we're all we're all kind of one you know everything's kind of one you know we're not really that separate even though we're separate but um so everything is connected you know what i realized from the also before a little bit but from the near-death experience is we really don't go anyplace. I mean, these universes are, are big and expansive, but yet they don't occupy any space nor time. It's everything is a conscious creation from different levels of consciousness. There really is, we're always on the edge of something and nothing because that's what creates. 
we have to have the something and the nothing all the time. Uh, and so all these creations that we are are just really conscious creations from different levels of consciousness. And we have many different levels of consciousness as well. So the, the shift to a different level of consciousness was instantaneous because this level of consciousness wasn't blocking it so much as the way it felt like. The, the, a much greater level of consciousness, just I was there. So you really didn't have to go anyplace. Uh, you know, nothing of what we occupy. Now we shoot rockets up and they go someplace, but the consciousness just shifts is all. Um, so through our lifetimes, I firmly believe, and I always have this feeling, um, since, especially since the NDE, that they didn't tell me this, you know, but this is my own perception and that got heightened a little bit. But yeah, we're not all squishy in many lifetimes. Um, you know, sometimes we might be commanders of big armies and slaughter <laughs> men, women, and children, you know. I mean, we, we fulfill our human uh, roles, and uh, we're here quite a bit. I mean, it's it's interesting to know that, you know, we come back and we come back and we come back again. But remember, there is no time. Um, so something without rambling, if I ramble too much, let me know. No, um, you're, you're not but, rambling. You know, something that also, you know, it doesn't matter if we have thousands of lifetimes and they're not always here. You know, there's other places in the universe that we have lifetimes. Uh, this isn't just the only place. And, um, and they're all different aspects. You know, the Earth, being human, this is a rough planet. It's a beautiful planet, but it's a rough planet. You know, this is kind of considered... Uh, uh, quite a quite a tough place to be but it's also quite a place to experience so i still have to remind myself of this and this is the fact that since that beautiful wonderful love is the place that so feels like home to me that when i get you know our humanness is very powerful so when i start getting too dogged down by the humanness it's it's important for me to try to remember that we, we're trying to bring love in here. You know, we are loved all the time, but we're trying to bring love into all situations and all emotions. And it's hard uh, from a human perspective to do that, uh, to, to love the chance of being a human. You know, it's, 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 it's different. It's harsh. It's exciting. It's, uh, you know, you can't quite duplicate what we do here in our own sense, we're so close to light and dark all the time as a species. And uh, so it's kind of like being a pioneer, I guess. But to answer your question, as far as allies, uh, yes, you know, there's, there's uh, different levels of spirit and some of them are more dense. And, uh, you know, when we get angry really hard, get angry or upset, you know, you can feel a completely separate creation almost. I mean, you know, you might feel bad for days, but, you know, we're all energy. So we create dark energy as well as lighter energy. And these dark entities, a lot of them are our own creation, you know, and they hang around and they can cause some problems. But there are lots of spirits around. And um, not all spirits, you know, from previous lifetimes, spirits can have a grudge, sort of. You know, they don't just instantaneously get over it all the time, different levels of consciousness. So we have angels also to help us and to protect us from some of these things. You mentioned lifetimes on other planets. Do you have memories of being on other planets? You know, I'm, I'm happy you said that, but no, not really. Um Apparently, um, as is the case a lot, um, I guess is the case pretty much period, unless you have connection to that psychic ability or memory of such a thing. Um, you don't. Uh, I, I don't. You, I, I, I get a feeling. Let's put it this way. I get a feeling, always have since I was young, that uh, you know I've been other places, but I can't remember in particular any one lifetime. It's just always seemed that there was a lot more than just this one lifetime. And I felt sometimes out of place, like I was from planet Xeon or something. Mm. Um, but you're, I'm human now. But I didn't remember any specifics, no. But rest assured, 
you have been. <laughs> How do you think you've changed over the years due to your NDE? Well, the funny thing about it is opened my mind a little more. Uh, I, I tend to love people as equals. That doesn't mean, of course, you know, you have to, I guess the word would be respect. You know, if somebody's just a, a bad person, you know, it doesn't mean you're going to have to be their carpet. Uh, but on one level, uh, spiritually, uh, on a divine level, which is in all of us, you know, I realize we're all in the same boat. And so, you know, I love them in that sense. Everything we do, like all that matters is what you think. And uh, what I believe in that is that everything we do basically creates our, our future lifetimes, you know, our, uh, in a sense, not of a punishment, but as a uh, energies, you know, when we, when we do different uh, actions in life, good, bad, and everything, we, we're harmonizing with different universal energies. And those kind of funnel our lifetimes into what our next lifetime is going to be. Uh, does that mean if we're just perfect and wonderful and everything else, that everything's perfect and wonderful in our next lifetime? No, uh, not necessarily, because we have lifetimes and lifetimes of uh, that we have to mix and clear these energies uh, is what my feeling is. So it, it kind of gave me that grasp of, of the really, it's just kind of, it just kind of happens. You know, um, we don't instantly generally go from one lifetime to another. We spend time on different levels and kind of reflect and, and uh, there's teaching and, learning and other things but the one thing i want to say is so we go from lifetime to lifetime so there's different levels of why you know um i think a lot of it's for the experience of it i think a lot of it is to get our souls our soul has our basic our soul is us our soul has an agenda in its own way of where it wants its energies to go and what it wants to blend with and uh and how it wants us to deal with these things, love and surrender and, and all kinds of different things and uh, blending with others' energies. Um, so the soul has the patterns and uh, the souls uh, also can be hurt. And in that sense, part part of it, the soul can, can, hold, can hold grudges, you know, but the soul can be hurt. It, it, just, it absorbs energies also from many different, more unlimited uh, avenues than we do but the soul is very much tied to this it, it is this incarnation and we're just uh we're just the vehicle primarily with our own consciousness and our own ego the ego means well and then it tries to help us through this but the soul is uh in charge basically it knows uh -oh. what it wants but it's kind of formatted it's kind of like a, a bit of a script you know that is set part of it ahead of time and so we're we're living it and there are there are things that can be altered i believe in that uh but yeah so as far as that perspective goes it gives me a little more openness when i try to get too bogged down by responsibility and stuff and start getting to be a grumpy man <laughs> you know not such a great you can never be such a wonderful mood all the time you know and we go from from that we also go down to to down down days you know and down periods of time when being in our humanness is like ah oh, frightening you know <laughs> i just don't like this you know i'm hating life at the moment you know mm. uh but it helps me get that in perspective do you consider yourself a religious or a spiritual person um spiritual uh spiritual and um there's many there's many aspects to spiritual though i i believe i've all since the experience i've come to realize that i believe in everything and nothing uh because beliefs are constraining uh not all of them i mean beliefs can be opening too but if you believe too hard in something whether it be a certain religion or this or that uh, if we narrow down the belief too tightly, it controls us. Um, it limits down our experience. So that's what I feel. So I believe in everything and nothing, pretty much. And I know that sounds weird, but 
I just feel open to, I enjoy learning other things. I enjoy learning from other people because in our one little lifetime this time, there's so many people, I mean, that have so much interesting conversations and life patterns. We're all very similar, but everybody's different. And the one thing about knowledge, that's what I forgot because I get rambling along, you know, uh, really none of us are any better than anybody else, so to speak of. We have different vibratory rates and some people do inherently lower vibrations. They do more not so good things and get too self-centered on certain things. But, you know, being self-centered and our ego is part of who we are as, as a human. Um, so, you know, just uh, as far as learning goes, there's a lot to learn. But then really when you get, I think, the most of the learning is simply meant to be the experience of everything that's created. But through our lifetimes, as much as we can on this level, there's different levels. There's different levels of consciousness. So in each level of consciousness, of course, we have new expansive perspectives, you know, or some levels are where we're, we realize we're all one, basically, and we're more loving and open to each other when we get to those kind of levels. And here we feel so separated from each other. So it's me against such and such, or look at what I know, you know, I'm really smart. It's like, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> you know, we're all, we're all together. So there really isn't a comparison anymore after a certain point. Uh, so trying to help each other is a good thing that way, uh, I feel. Did you notice that you had any abilities after your NDE that you didn't have before? I Yes, um, I do. I think maybe it's because they it opened a person's consciousness a little bit, different level of consciousness. But you get some psychic events, you know, um, spirit, I, I can hear spirit more. Uh, for example, it's, it's some things that are major, you know, like uh, a few years ago, they warned me something's going to happen in 2024. And of course, I managed some investments as a sideline. So I'm a little concerned about that, trying to balance things out a little bit more from, from that point of view. It was a, a strong feeling, but it's not always strong feelings like, you know, of course, you get that intuition like people do that, you know, uh, I think I should go to the store now. And then there's a voice that says, you know, no, I think I'll wait 10 minutes to take care of this. And then, of course, there's a car wreck right where you would have been. So we always have these guardian angels and this input. I'm a, I'm a little more sensitive, I think, to that now because they communicate with me like we're talking. Uh, sometimes a gut feeling, sometimes some insight I have to just write down real fast or I forget you know, because it's not coming from my human mind. It's just trying to cram through there. And it's hard to, it's hard to understand stuff that's hard to understand. You know, when it's being, when, when you get it funneled through you, trying to put it into words, communication on this level is really limited. So, um, but they also uh, uh, communicate just like a voice. They'll talk in your ear. Like we were at the beach uh, a while back with my wife and they put out these artisan floats here it's kind of a tourist draw they're really pretty and they put them out all summer and they only put out a few here and there every day and people find them and we don't look for them all the time because they're meant for everybody but I found one one time it's a great thrill and it's beautiful and colored and, and all the history of it and everything um, and so I always wanted my wife to find them. always and so we were walking along the beach because we're surrounded by beaches and this voice comes booming in my ear, says, Rich, there's a glass float around this bunch of seagrass over here on the beach. And so, and I knew it was them talking to me. So I told my wife, you go look around that way. I'm going to go look around this way. And then I heard her yell, oh, you got a glass float. It's a beauty. It's a beauty, you know? And so, so a lot of it's just, you know, it's not all serious stuff. It's lighthearted stuff, too. And so I've become more receptive. And once in a while, um, it goes in spurts. You know, I'll, um, sounds funny. I'll, you know, I'll, I think a lot of people can do this, but they see out of the corner of their eye, they'll see, you know, spirits, uh, you know, coming and going kind of thing. Because uh, we're not here alone in that sense. You know, I mean, there's, there's spirits and different things that... Uh, can come and go and flow it's always a flow of spirits uh, that are here i mean whether or not you're having a 
good time with your partner and in, in the bedroom or whatever there's spirits that can come and go you know <laughs> but we're on, we're on a different conscious level of course on that sense but i can see more of these things i'm more sensitive to them and uh and that's kind of nice actually was it the same voice when you were about to die that said you've died a thousand times as the one where you heard where the float is very close to that that's a very good question you know, i would say it's Mm, let me think. Primarily, yes. So maybe that voice is coming from like your guardian angel or some being that's always with you still. I I believe so. Yeah. It could be my guardian angel or it could be. We also have spirits that tend to, I believe, hang around us as individuals, whether they were previous people that were incarnated or, or whatever, you know, uh, I don't know the answer to that, but I've have heard several different voices, but there's always one main one. Have you told your friends and family about this? And if so, how did they react? <laughs> Funny you should say that. I have, well, you know, now that you mentioned that I have, uh, three kids, uh, a son and two daughters and one daughter and I, uh, none of us are just one of mine is genetic and one of my wife's is genetic. And one of them was my very short first marriage ex-wife from her first marriage. So anyway, we have three different kids. We loved them all, raised them all as a family and we're all on wonderful terms and uh, get together periodically. The boy, uh, Ryan, he, nah, he doesn't much believe in this kind of stuff. Just a little, uh, my daughter, Vanessa, she's very much in, in belief of this kind of thing. She's very spiritual, very spiritual. Uh, she gets gut instincts a lot, but she doesn't really hear anything. Uh, and then my one daughter, Carrie, she was never really a believer in any of this stuff. But it's funny, the last few years, she's had some really serious health problems. And then she's also become sensitive to spirit. Maybe it's more she surrendered to these health problems and now they're helping through her helping her get better which she's very aware of now their presence uh, so i think maybe it's just the fact of that surrendering that she's become aware i don't know but she's she's a very spiritual person right now as well as religious uh, so it just depends my wife <laughs> she's a wonderful gal and uh she went fishing with me and hooked the skipper and she always gets her fish, but she's, she's more of an in the moment type person uh, who just believes life is what you make it, which is really true. You know, her beliefs are very basic that way. And, and there's, it's wonderful. Sometimes I think it's better than trying to float out there and, and get, think about stuff that really, you know, is hard to comprehend. And it's probably not so hard to comprehend just for humans and different levels like this, but she accepts life and is, and is, uh, doesn't really believe in this stuff at all, but yet she's open to the fact that it could be. We did get you, along great. Did you mention it to the doctors and or your parents? Uh, <laughs> to the doctors. I, all I said was, uh, you know, I had a, an experience that was wonderful. That's all I said. And by the way, I could hear you talking. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that was a little interesting. It wasn't always good. Mm -hmm. So, but they were surprised, you know, they thought, you know, I don't know why I could hear them talking, but I've mentioned it to several friends. Yeah, they know I'm pretty open about it. You know, what difference does it make? Yeah. You know, I, I have nothing to prove. Actually, it's really funny because, uh Sometimes the spirit will just tell me, I go, I talk to people fairly easily and they'll just tell me this, go talk to this person over here. And somehow or another, sometimes through them or me, we'll get on the subject of this kind of stuff. And, uh, and then, I'll, then I'll tell them I had a death experience once and it was fantastic. It was wonderful. You know, I didn't want to come back. Certainly not afraid of dying. You know, uh, I know we all have things to work out and that's just part of being human and they understand that, you know, our higher selves and, and the angels understand that. So it's not something to be afraid of. 
And then they'll say, oh, that's sure good to know. I've been wondering for the last two years after my husband died, if he was all right, you know, and this and that, and this and that. There's a lot of people here, and I know it's the same way for me, That, except I know that, that they are all right. But uh, there are a lot of people here that, you know, they miss somebody. We miss them terribly if they're gone, so to speak, gone. But they're not gone. Um, and so I've, I've been instructed to comfort probably – a few dozen people that way. Have you gotten any indication on what is your purpose for this lifetime? <laughs> you know, that's funny you should say that because I went through a, a period of, after this accident, I went through a uh, physiological, emotional depression after my first short marriage broke up, but there's no way it would have ever made it anyway. We just meant to have our one daughter, my one daughter through one of my daughters through this and then it was just meant to dissolve you know not everything is you know like i said a lot of it is kind of scripted and agreed upon you know and so we're not always meant to be things happen for reasons at the time though it just really hit me uh, divorce is not something i like uh, and uh, that was the only one so i got really 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 depressed for about six months and so finally i think they had their fill and they said hey because you're so dense and depressed, you can't hardly receive anything, and you just feel like you're in this hole, and you know the story. And so they finally, I felt this strong presence again, and uh, it said, hey, Rich, does it, you know, I, we just want you to focus on one thing. Just help one person. Your whole life is worth it if you help one person. Get your mind off yourself. Help one person, just one. And that drug me out of it. Hmm. You know, I started being engaging in people again rather than hold up, you know, kind of thing. And uh, and just help one person. And then all of a sudden, of course, I've always been a person person, you know. And so, yeah, that's what they told me. Do you find that that reality on the other side is more real than this one? Yes. Wasn't a shadow of a doubt. I know some sometimes they say it's your brain and all the chemicals, you know, and uh, and I... I've done a lot of exciting things in my life, adventure sports kind of thing, a little bit of an adrenaline junkie. And uh, it's not the same. It's wonderful. It makes you feel great. But that is realer than this. You know, instantly, at least I did. I knew instantly that that was my home. And number two, it was realer than this. I always tell people, uh, the ones I talk to, that if you poked me in the nose with your fist, it's going to hurt. You know, just like you hit your thumb with a hammer, you can feel it. And that's very real. And it is very real here. But that's realer because you get that feeling that, well, not just feeling, you get that knowing, an overwhelming presence that that is home more than this is. Not that this isn't home, but that is realer. Your, your consciousness is more open, the perspectives, it's an aha feeling. It's like, whew, Ah, I'm out of that human body. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> but yet, you know, we have such great moments here at times. Do you fear death at all? No, not at all. Um, that being said, as I get older, you know, I stay pretty active and I'm almost 70 now. But as I get older, uh, there are things I would still like to do. Not so much accomplish, uh, like taking up a new career or something like that, you know, that being said, of course, I still skip or some just to help out where people need days off and that kind of thing. Uh, and it's fun to do that again because I retired from that, you know, a few years ago or so I thought. And um, so, yeah. Do you have any negative after effects from the NDE besides any physical problems from the car accident? Uh, yeah, some physical problems, you know, but, uh, joints mostly, but any other thing, uh, negative you said, Jeff? Yeah. Anything negative you feel like that came from your experience? No, no, mine was just glorious, but you know, um, I don't feel like necessarily they're always that way. You know, there can be times when people are so on 
medications that are harsh, for example, that their vibrations can't raise right away, or people that have had such traumatic experiences, you know, you have guides, you have counselors, your angels, uh, a human experience can be in very traumatic, and all you have to do is look around the world, and, uh, and those things don't just disappear, I don't think, uh, when, you, when you pass away, it's nothing to be feared, because you're in really good hands, mm. but you know, it can take a while, a little while, but there's no time. What do you think inspires you about your NDE? Well, the greatest inspiration was, of course, having to confirm that we're all in the same boat, that everything in the universe is connected, that everything is thought. Uh, and um, and the, the, the feeling of the knowing that it's home and the, the, the love is the greatest. The love was unbelievable. Like I've gone on and on and on about, but it's just, it's just such a, it is who we are. It just flows through you. I mean, it, it forms everything. And when you get to a higher level of consciousness, I guess is where I was at, uh, or a more unlimited level of consciousness or not burdened level of consciousness. Uh, it's just such a wonderful feeling, you know, I mean, it's just, you, you realize it forms everything and, and, you are everything you're part of everything everything's connected and that's the greatest imprint after watching this podcast people may want to reach out to you and chat with you or ask you questions are you open to that and if so okay. how should they reach you yeah i'm i'm totally open for interested people because it's it's certainly not an exclusive experience i mean this is for everybody you know, we're having a we're spirit having a, a spirit and soul having a human experience, you know, and a, and it's uh, so it's it's, you know, it's for everybody. It's it's nothing that's uh, just for me or those that, you know, have it, you know, we're all all together. So to reach me, um, probably best to email, I suppose. I mean, email uh, or I'm Facebook? Again, uh, Facebook's fine. Sure. Uh, they can message me on that under Richard Allen, A-L-L-Y-N. That would probably be the best way, don't you think? Yeah. And um, yeah, feel free. You know, uh, I can add anything that, that's helpful. That's great. As you were talking about your life review, it just kind of popped into my head this question. What do you think the point is of the life review? <laughs> I think the point is to get our, our, our feelings. How did you, what did, well, they asked me, what did you think about this? Uh, but I also believe, of course, you, what you feel about it. Uh, so I would say the point of review is to, is to be aware of, of your life and what you've done. Uh, you know, of course, my concern was being in such a wonderful place of love is, how much good I did and how much bad I did. You know, I don't know why that was so instinctive to feel that way. Uh, it's kind of sad in a way to say that, but, you know, it's like you came there with the idea of being judged almost, but it just felt so wonderful, you know? So I suppose there was a part of my humanness that was like, maybe I'm not good enough to be there or something. You know, I don't know. Uh, did I go to the right place? You know, <laughs> this is too good, you know? So I guess, you know, they just wanted me to be aware of every little detail in my life and, and what I thought about it and whether or not I appreciated it. Because coming to this planet is not easy. You know, I mean, uh, souls, you know, there's, there's rules, so to speak. You know, there's only so many that can come in at time, blah, 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 blah. They say that people line up like crazy to get here, even though mm -hmm. it's a harsh planet sometimes, but. I think they just wanted me to appreciate it and to, to love it, what we considered. Now that you've been on both sides, do you feel like you can understand why we keep coming back? Uh, now, that's a good question. I've thought about that question a lot. And I, when I think about it, sometimes I often just try to not think about it, but just try to absorb things. Mm. I think it's on many levels. If we got just about three, four minutes, at least uh, the many levels are, of course, there's things to learn here, you know, how to be humble, how to be helpful, how to be adventurous, how to be this, how to, how to be kind. Kindness is very important and compassion. 
because we're all one in many ways. So, you know, you can't judge anybody. I mean, we tend to, but you can't judge anybody in that sense. It doesn't mean you have to be a carpet for them, so to speak, but if they're doing a lot of evil things, but uh, I still think kindness and an overall perspective was one thing that was important to me. Hmm. And what was the question again? Well, first of all, you, you've been there and you're here and, oh, okay. Sorry. and since being here, is there like things or things that you've yes. done here and you're like, Oh gosh, you get over there and you're like, you know what? I didn't really get to go do this. I'm going to go back because I didn't get to do that while I was there. You know, it's funny you should say that. I do think that's a part, uh, a bit of it, but I think overall we come back for several reasons. One, we're all in the same boat. So uh, it means people having a human level of existence are bound to that existence for a period of lifetimes, quite a few actually. And so uh, it's important to help others uh, so that we can... Uh, we can kind of sort of enhance the vibration, you know, of the species instead of just fighting all the time and separating and this kind of thing. Because it's important to, when we get down to these levels, I, I personally believe now that it's important to also raise, raise ourselves uh, to a, a, a higher level of consciousness. In other words, we can't just, nothing can stay stagnant, so to speak. Everything gets real condensed at these levels and as you get closer to to what we call the darkness but also as you get closer to nothing uh, which is the last most greatest step of all beyond the light is the combination of nothing and something but we have that here where things get real dense and when they get real dense things tend to be close to non-existent in a way you know it's kind of like a black hole but uh so to raise everything up, to get more enlightenment, uh, to bring this back, a lot of things are a reflection and, uh, and they're all part of creation. So creation makes itself, but creation doesn't always, it, it's the whole thing that we're part of and it needs reflection uh, for many reasons uh, uh, to line up the energies, to change the energies because creation is a, uh, it needs a, a perspective, different perspectives on itself. I mean, it, it doesn't know what we know from this level of, of where we are. We have to bring that back to it and to help reinforce the whole thing. The energy flow has to, the whole energy flow has different levels of consciousness. And that's, in, in my opinion, that's what's needed to keep all this going. We can't just go up there and float on a cloud. Yeah. You know, that would get really boring in a hurry too. Plus, Creation needs reflection. It needs perspective in its own sort of way, but it's a different kind of perspectiveness. It's an awareness that's spread back from us in different levels of raising their awareness. I, th I think in that sense, you know, creation is always on the edge of nothing. Hmm. So, you know, it, we can't say for sure, but, you know, they, I keep getting a gut feeling, of course, that creation is something that, came from nothing primarily so it takes the friction of nothing and something to make the energies to make the resonance of creation happen and once creation has that uh it starts forming into more organized awareness and our organized awareness starts revolving around itself on many different many different areas it's kind of like wave like wavelengths interacting is what i see it as and then uh that starts creating complete little different uh, existences, you know, I mean, universes and, and they're not meant to last forever. They only last from the amount of energy that's put into that particular creation. And a lot of that is by uh, just chance in a way it's reinforced, you know, how much is, is in each creation. So it's a constant, uh, I think we're all interactive. We're just, we're important. Uh, we're not more important than anything else, but we're important from this dense level of perspective to, to, to absorb the energies, to raise our vibrations, to reflect it back to a higher level. It's a constant flow and we're in it. We just don't realize it so much. And uh, that's, that's my feeling on that. That's the only way I can reflect. 
Since you were told that you've been here thousands of times, have you sat back and thought, what have I done over all these thousands of times that I've been here and why do I keep coming back? Yeah, because <laughs> I'm not good. No, not really. <laughs> oh, oh, back to your other question real fast. So there's everything to learn and there's nothing to learn. You know, I mean, you learn on different levels and you think, aha, every time you get to an aha experience like that, I know now. Mm-hmm. And then you realize they flipped the pancakes. It's like, yeah, you know, it's, you know, you go on different conscious levels. So it's everything to learn to get these energies to match up and then go where we want to go. But on the same token, that's not the main purpose. Yeah. You know, the main purpose is much bigger than that. It's, it's the whole wheel of creation and the wheel of sheer existence that has to be maintained. Um, uh, and your last question was, sorry, it was, uh, oh, other things I've been. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm, we've been, you know, we're, we're both sexes on this planet. You know, we're, we're, we're males, females, and everything in between. Always been that way. Depends on how many times you were a male in a role or a female in a role. You might come back with the energies more prevalent because we have both energies of a, of a female in a male body or, or a male in a female body or or whatever. You know, these energies carry over. Um, at one lifetime, I was, <laughs> one lifetime I was told, you, uh, not that many lifetimes ago, it's about eight life, a little more than eight lifetimes ago, but uh that you were uh, a warrior in charge of a, a big army and and um, you slaughtered a lot of people in the name of what you were supposed to do. Uh, I don't know where it was. I, you know, I just don't know. It was quite a ways back, but, you know, we diff- I have these roles and, you know, from our perspective, it's like, geez, that's not good, you know. But we, we do all kinds of things. We're sons, we're daughters. You know, we agree upon a lot of these before we come here. Uh, you pick your parents kind of thing. And, uh, you know, you, for certain energy reasons and, and souls tend to say a lot of times in groupings because they work together really well, try to get to certain points. So, uh, I think you feel a lot of instantaneous, you know, you'll come across people that you just feel so natural with right off the get go. Of course, you've shared many lifetimes with these people. They could have been a son, a daughter, a close friend, a relative, Husband, wife, wife, husband, numerous times, a lover, uh, you know, and then there's people that are haters, you know. Mm-hmm. I understand it was about eight lifetimes ago also that uh, I incurred in a very conservative society. I was uh, had this strong impression that was more than just a thought that I, I incurred some. Uh, I basically, through negligence, lost one of my kids. It was in a, a very unforgiving male dominated society i was the wife and uh, and i got really uh, persecuted for it in that sense an outcast and uh, and starved to death um mm. and i carried the scar of that clear into this lifetime mm. and uh, so the soul still had that dent in it because that kept resurfacing that kid kept coming up a couple of times in my lifetimes and was mad at me so it would cause me problems. And uh, so now it's just this lifetime has gotten released, which is interesting to note. It's like, oh, okay, you know, just love each other. No more hurt. You know, everything's good. You okay with it? Forgive me. Uh, vice versa. Everything's good. Okay. You know, because we're close souls. We always have been. So let's move forward. All right, Richard. Well, I'm basically out of time, but before we finish, can you leave us with one last positive message? Oh, golly. Positive message that I continually try to enhance because uh, is that, you know, just try to help at least one person or more and, and love each other. It doesn't mean you have to always like each other. Uh, but love each other. You know, we're on the same level. We're on the same boat, so to speak. And, uh, and we're all here to love each other in many ways. Um, love never hurts. Hate is very constrictive and, and drags us all down. And uh, just love each other. And it makes the transition easier, I believe, when the time comes with the, with the death experience. 
Well, thank you for that message. And I think you're going to help thousands of people by being on the podcast today. So we really appreciate you and we wish you the best. Oh, you know, Jeff, it's a pleasure. And uh, like I said, I hope some of it makes sense. And uh, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Well, have a wonderful day. I will. You as well. Thank you. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.